You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of The Collected Podcast. I am your host this week. My name is Jess Biondo, and um, Tia has started her sabbatical, and we're so excited for her. So she will still pop in every once in a while, um, but I'll be taking lead on our interviews for the next few weeks. So I am so excited to welcome my dear friend, Desiree. Welcome, Desiree. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm totally honored. Yes. And Desiree and I have known each other for a few years now. I think probably it was like 2017, 2018. So Mm -hmm. what's that, like three years now almost? Something like that? Yeah. And we've been meeting more recently and catching up. And as you've been sharing your story with me over and over in my mind, I was like, I wish I was recording this conversation for the podcast. (laughs) This is so good. Um, So I'm so excited to have you and just to have you share your story um, because there's a lot there and I just, every part of it just proclaims the glory of Jesus, which Mm. I love. Um, So so let's just dive in. I was wondering if you could start just by giving a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, um, so our listeners can get to know you a little more. Sure. So my name is Desiree. I'm 31 and I'm originally from California, San Diego specifically, Um, but I've been out here in the Charlotte area for I think like 11 years now, actually, which is crazy. Um, I am divorced. I have an eight-year-old son and um, his name is Liam. He's a handful Um, Enneagram wise. I'm a huge fan. I'm an Enneagram nine, hard wing eight. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I grew up with, um, my mom and my stepdad. My mom was a recovering, both my parents actually recovering addicts and my brother was special needs. He had a brain tumor when he was little. So Mm -hmm. he's, um, cancer survivor. He's 27 now. Um, so they all live back in California. So, yeah, I kind of bought back and forth, East Coast to West Coast. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when did you first meet Jesus? And I guess growing up in a house with parents who are addicts, like what did that look like? And how did Jesus meet you in that? Yeah. So, um, my mom got clean when I was about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty simultaneously with that. Um, well, shortly thereafter, she got pregnant with my brother. Um, so we have different biological fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was never married or anything. Um, her story is insane. So if you want to have her on the podcast, yeah. I can recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so when my brother, my brother got sick, he had a brain tumor um, that basically took up like the entirety of his school, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like it was huge. Um, when he was a baby, he was like six months old. Um, and so through that whole process of my mom taking him to the hospitals and doing surgery and all that stuff, she really surrendered to the Lord and was just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like if he's going to survive or not. 
Um, and when he came out of surgery and went through chemotherapy and everything, um, she really just kind of surrendered to the Lord from that. She grew up Catholic, so she had some of that background. So, um, and I just feel like I kind of always knew, like, I don't really have like a moment when I was like seven years old praying the prayer. Like, I don't have a moment like that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I've always kind of known that like God is real and Jesus is his son and that that's just kind of always been in my heart. So, yeah, I mean, we grew up going to church um, when I was a little bit older um, and yeah, I went to Bible school. So I've just kind of always been really rooted in my faith in that way. And a big part Mm -hmm. of that is my mom, you know, and I think a huge part of that too, is that like her conversion when she came back to the Lord was very relational based. Mm -hmm. It wasn't ever about like, a specific church or even really a specific theology apart from just the basics of, you know, who Christ is and what he's done. So I think because I kind of had that picture of what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus, it was really easy for me to engage in that myself and relate mm. to that and like kind of walk in that more naturally. It didn't feel so stark of going from like one way to another. Yeah. Was there a specific time throughout that journey when God moved from being kind of more of a concept to a reality? Yes, definitely through my divorce. I think pretty much up until then, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, I've, I've had traumatic things happen in my life before that, but the divorce was really a deeper level of like pain and disappointment because Mm -hmm. like my ex-husband and I, we like did everything right. You know, like we were both Mm. Christians. We like really preserved ourselves for the Lord and like wanted our marriage to honor him. And so when that like fell apart and we just kind of went our separate ways, like I was just devastated as people can imagine and people who know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I remember specifically there was this one night um, where well, through through all of that that season in my life, that was like 2017, 2018, particularly 2018. Um, I just remember like I would drive to work and just like cry my makeup off before I even got to, to work because I was just so devastated, so ashamed, so let down, disappointed, everything you can think of. And <clears throat> I remember in my head thinking and really believing like mourning the Desiree that I knew, like Mm. the joy filled Desiree, like she does not exist anymore. I will only know grief. I will only know sorrow. And of course the logical side in my head is like, okay, well, Desiree, you're like late twenties. Like you got a couple decades ahead of you. You're not going to be this like sorrowful old hag like your whole life. But when you're in grief, you don't really listen to logic. You just Mm -hmm. feel your feelings. And so, um, that season was just so hard for me. And I remember as soon as everything kind of, when I realized, okay, this is happening, like the divorce is happening. I knew I need to take care of myself Mm -hmm. for myself, but also for my kid, you know, like I had, he was, I think five at that time. Um, so very little, And I was like, I need to find a church. I need to be involved in a community again. And like, I need to get my butt in therapy. (laughs) Like I hadn't really ever gone to therapy before. I never had any aversions to it. I just never um, 
had an opportunity to go. Mm-hmm. So through all of that, like, um, I mean, the Lord definitely met me in, in big ways through those things, but a moment that I specifically remember where God really met me in like a way that I had always prayed that he would meet me was I was um, at the Bible study, which is where we met. Yeah. Um, and I was coming home from that one night and that particular night, it was early on. Um, I think it was maybe the first, maybe second meeting. Um, so I didn't really know a lot of people. And so, you know, naturally the introductions, hi, what's your name? Where are you, you know, are you from Charlotte? And the story would kind of unfold itself. No, I'm not. I'm originally from San Diego and I've lived here for 11 years. And, you know, well, what brought you out here? Well, my ex-husband was, lives out here. And so I moved across the country to be with him. And I was driving home, just like grieving this like other layer of like this story, the loss of like this story of like Mm. how I met him and that like, I loved that story so much. It was so beautiful. And like, it was God, like I thought, you know, that brought me there, brought me in that particular season in my life to meet him. And he did, but now what do you do when it doesn't work out the way that you anticipate it does, you know? And it was in the summertime and I was driving just, crying and just angry and like didn't understand like god why is this happening i feel so alone i have no family out here either so like mm. i felt really alone physically out here too i didn't have a ton of friends at that time in my life um and just feeling abandoned by god like just the whole thing of it and feeling mm. like my life's over like And in a lot of ways, it was. The life I knew was over. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there was this big cloud um, that was like off in the distance. And it was kind of shaped like an, in the shape of like an anatomical like heart. And all of a sudden, like lightning started flashing in it in cadence, like the, like a heartbeat. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord like encourage me, like Desiree. I'm going to resuscitate your life and oh I'm going to bring you joy and I'm going to bring you passion. And like, mm. you think it's over and it's, it's so not over. And of course I just like burst into tears and I started <laughs> crying <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And like, I held on to that promise and I was just like, okay, God, like mm. you gave me this promise for, for me specifically. And all right, like let's do this. And he met me really like in a lot of different ways like that. Mm. Um, Encouraging me, speaking through friends and family, um, helping me to build a lot of the community that I needed. Um, Therapy, (laughs) therapy, like God used therapy a lot to heal a lot of parts of me. Um, But yeah, that specifically was like a big moment where I was just like, oh, you're not just this God in the sky who is looking down, watching all of us. Like Mm. you're, you're here, like you are here in my grief. You know what I'm feeling and like you comfort me in a really tangible way that like no, no person's words, you know, regardless of whether they are true or not. Like when you're in that level of sorrow, like you, you can't help but feel alone and mm. not receive encouragement, you know? And so to have that 
supernatural moment was just like, okay, like you're, you are so much more real to me in this season than I ever knew possible. Yeah. Well, and now it's been a few years since then. Yeah. Are there any ways that you've seen God begin to fulfill that promise of resuscitating you and bringing you back to life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's been such a beautiful thing too, to see like remembering these moments in my life where like I was so positive that like Mm -hmm. the old Desiree was dead. I wasn't going to see her anymore and just grief laid before me. And and not just with the divorce, but I mean, a lot of things that were happening around that time. And um, it just wasn't, it was true that the old me was not existing anymore, but it wasn't all sorrow. Like I became like my most favorite version of myself, you know, as I've grown and as I've healed, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so much like more full, more confident. Like I'm so much happier now than I have ever been before because I have, you know, done the work, been in therapy and help and working on like healing and being more intentional about that, but also so much more focused on like who God is, Mm -hmm. his goodness, and just how consistent and faithful he is, you know? And there was this other image that the Lord gave me um, around that same time, like he really kind of spoke to me through a lot of like imagery and in my head. And I had this image of like standing on this pillar, this like rock in the middle of the ocean and just the waves thrashing all around me. And like, mm-hmm. I was standing firm. I was good, but like the water was whipping in my face and I'm just like, this hurts. I don't want to be here. Like, it's so chaotic. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to be in peace and comfort. And granted, I am a nine, so I do crave that. (laughs) But um, I, and then, so I, I was standing on this pillar and then all of a sudden um, the next image was, I was like underneath on the bottom of the ocean in like a bubble, just Mm. sitting like so peacefully. And I really felt like the Lord giving me a picture of like where I was that like, yes, you're standing firm on me. You know me, like your foundation is good but like you don't need to stand above the water and look Mm. and feel the chaos around you. Like I have something so much better for you. I want to pull you underneath and anchor you. And the chaos is still happening. You know, the Mm -hmm. storm is still happening up above, but under the ocean, there's serenity, you know, like there's peace, there's, there's quiet. And at the time when he gave me that image, I was like, well, that's nice, but I don't know what that means. Like, how the heck do I get there? (laughs) (laughs) Because my life was so chaotic and so many things were out of my control. Um, I mean, a lot of things were, I, I, you know, I could control, um, which I was able to work on like boundaries and all that kind of stuff. But, um, life is just, it's unpredictable. You, mm-hmm. you can't rely on life to go the way that you want it to go. So what do you do when things don't work out? Um, and so now when I've had chaotic moments, um, it's, that has been like my image that I go back to where I'm just like, okay, God, like you have a better way mm. for me to mm-hmm. like experience this situation, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of whether it's chaotic or not, or to whatever degree of chaos it is. Um, 
And that has really, like, I've really seen that come to fruition even more specifically lately of just my dad is battling cancer right now Mm. and he's stage four. Um, He, he probably, um, the odds are basically stacked against him. We're, we're, it's not looking good. Um, And so even that, it's just like, well, I've only had 19 years with him. Like this is my stepdad. And I adore him. He's like my favorite person. I love him. And he has healed so much of my heart. Um, and like, God has just blessed our family with him. And I'm like, God, this isn't fair. Like, it's not enough time, you know, but now like, I do feel so much more anchored in like who God is that like, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of so much grief and sorrow and heartache, like I don't have to be above the waves getting hit in the face Mm -hmm. with, with the chaos and the rain and all of that. Like I can be really anchored in him and still feel what I'm feeling, yeah. feel that grief, feel that pain, talk about the disappointment, you know, that's never been part of this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had this kind of verbiage in my head of like holding the tension where there, there is this tension in, in life and the human experience between grief and this world is, it's hard. It's wicked. Yeah. There's so many horrible, heartbreaking things happening every single day. But at the same time, like, reconciling the fact that like God's good too. And Mm -hmm. like he sees and his heart aches with us, but that's not the end, you know, like sorrow doesn't have the last say he has. So he has so much more ahead. And also that like, he can take that pain and turn it on its head and use it for good, you know, which I have also experienced. So um, yeah, it's, it's been definitely a very, physical reality that I have experienced, like the character of God in so many parts of my life, but Mm -hmm. especially these past few years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything throughout this that you feel like you've had to really release in order to continue to grow with the Lord? Definitely. I mean, um, probably (laughs) the biggest thing has been like my expectations and my assumptions, (laughs) Um, expectations and assumptions of like what I thought my life was going to look like and who I thought God was and how Mm -hmm. he worked, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which it's just funny because I'm like, well, duh, of course God is not going to do like what we think he's going to do. But you, we're human, you know, we want order, we want predictability. And like, that's just not the way it is. Um, and also too, like the idea of redemption, um, which kind of goes hand in hand of like expectations. Like I had this expectation, even specifically with my marriage, I had this expectation of like what God's redemption would look like, mm-hmm. like God, you are a redeemer. You're going to redeem my life. And he, he would tell me that like, I'm going to redeem your life. Like it's not over. And in my head, I was like, okay, great. This is what it's going to look like. And then when that didn't happen, what do you do with that? You know? And so even having this realization of like, maybe my perspective is inaccurate. What a concept. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe my perspective is not a hundred percent accurate, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, realizing that the redemption that I wanted, okay, yeah, like my relationship with my ex-husband, it didn't 
pan out the way that I wanted it to. We're not still married. We did go through with the divorce and there was a lot of pain with that, but maybe God's redemption looks is still existent even in that situation, Mm. you know, that like we are, we are able to co-parent our son. I'm still close with his family. Um, and that whole scenario, it's just, it's not shattered like Mm -hmm. I thought or like I felt it was, you know? Um, And then even to looking back, like looking over the course of my life and seeing where God has shown up. And like, he, he oftentimes shows up in ways that we don't, that we wouldn't have ever been able to see um, had it not been for our pain, you know? Oh yeah, that's good. So for instance, my, when I was going through my divorce, my dad, my stepdad um, was a huge pillar for me. Mm-hmm. And part of the reasons was that he had been married three times before he met my mom and he wasn't a believer. He became a believer in his third marriage um, and their faith differences and morals and everything were like the thing that just kind of ripped them apart. Mm-hmm. And so he just went through a horrible, horrible divorce. And thankfully like my divorce was not, as traumatic, but, um, the reasons and kind of the little thing nuances of his situation were relatable to my own. And so to even go through something so painful and to have my dad be the one who flew down and was here with me and talked Mm -hmm. with me and he could relate with me, there was never any judgment or shame. Like he just empathized with me. And I had this like aha moment where like, it still makes me emotional, but like knowing that like, God prepared that. And like, he went before me 20 years ago, you know, and used like, even my dad's like most horrible, heartbreaking moments for me, you know, for my encouragement. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, God uses every single detail, you know, if we can lay aside, like there's, there's a balance, right. Of like being honest with where you're at and like going to the Lord and lamenting you know, mm-hmm. lamenting, like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Cause that's true. Yeah. You know, this yeah. life is, this isn't the way God intended for it to be. But if we can set aside the expectation or the correlation that bad things mean God's bad or that he's mm-hmm. angry at me or that like, he's not good. Those two are not completely connected. You know, yeah. like bad things happen. People make choices life happens but like god is still rain like he's still who he says he is he is still good he is still faithful so if those things are true mm-hmm. then where's that thread that connects them to make it make sense and sometimes we don't always find that thread yeah um but thankfully for my situations i have been able to to see those moments to see like okay god like if you are still good And if you are still who you say you are, then how can that still be true if this situation doesn't work out the way that I want it to? Yeah. You know, and I dealt with a lot of anxiety last year and just really struggled with like just so much anxiety. I'm sure a lot of the world can relate to that (laughs) with 2020. Um, but just different, you know, relationships and situations. Like I would just get so in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this person leaves? Or what if this person gets mad at me? Or 
just fill in the blank, all the projections that Mm -hmm. I could think of. And it would rattle me. And I had to just like center myself and realize like, okay, Desiree, like, and God would kind of like, I really felt him like come alongside me like, okay, daughter, we're going to walk through this. Like, take this to the, the, the worst situation. Um, you're, you're, you know, take this all the way to the very end. Mm. If your worst fears happen, if everybody leaves you and everybody rejects you, whatever it is, where does that leave you? Where does that leave us? Yeah. And it was just like, I would remember like, God, you've been there with me. Mm-hmm. You have been there with me so intimately and you have met me so sweetly in just ways that like no human could. Mm-hmm. And if that's all that I'm left with, then like, okay, let's do this. And if this relationship doesn't work out or if this person leaves or fill in the blank, then your word tells me that you have good things for me. So all that means is that there's something else. Yeah. There, there has to be something else. And I don't know what that is. So even just surrendering, like, what I hope to happen to, you know, mm-hmm. and like surrendering, like what the options are <laughs> that lay ahead of me and like, okay, God, like, I don't know what lies ahead, but like, I'm going to trust that if this thing falls through, if this thing doesn't work out, that like, it just means there's something better, yeah, you know? And like, that has been such a huge anchor for me too, of just like, to be able to accept the disappointment appropriately and not Mm. blow it up into this thing that has to be so much bigger than it really is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a big, like, yeah, a big anchor for me to just hold on to when, and I, I mean, too, and especially like with my dad and everything that's happening, it's just like, okay, well, God, you're going to heal him. It's either going to be here on earth or it's yeah. going to be in a perfect body in heaven. And okay, like, I'm just going to surrender that to you and mm. try to be present, which is hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What word would you have for somebody who is facing that disappointment right now? They're like stuck in the disappointment and the grief and they don't see the redemption yet. What would yeah. you say to that person? Breathe. Mm. <laughs> I think, I mean, definitely breathe. And um, I mean, you really, you just have to do it one, one day at a time, you know, one day mm-hmm. at a time, one hour at a time, one moment at a time. Um, because really, I mean, we're going to get through it. And again, like logic we can speak logic to each other all day long, but when you're in that grief, like you, you can't, you don't even have the tools or the capacity mm. to hold that. Yeah. It's not that you don't want to. It's just that literally you can't, you're mm. so overcome with this, with sadness, sorrow, and it will pass, but you have to, your capacity is only like right here. You know, mm. um, it's like really very small, Um, and so I know for me, like that was the biggest thing was like, okay, breathe, take a deep breath one day at a time, one thing at a time. Cause especially, and two, when you're in that pit of despair, it's real easy. It might be really hard to grab onto the encouragement and the hope that 
is real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really easy to pile on, you know, and to then just spiral and think of yeah. like all of the horrible things, you know, um, and you can turn like a little tiny thing into this big grief because you're just so sad. Um, and so for me too, it was also trying to stay present, mm-hmm. trying to remember and like realize and be intentional about like, okay, what is like a good thing that happened today? Mm-hmm. Like, God, where did you meet me? Even if it was just something so little. Yeah. And like, for me, it was a lot of like heat lightning. Like <laughs> that's like my thing. Like God speaks to me through the skies. Um, birds and like Liam, my kid, just mm-hmm. the moments of joy that I had with him. And cause again, it is holding that tension. Like a hundred percent of your day is not all despair and grief and sorrow. Mm-hmm. Like we're still living life, you know, yeah. you still have to get up and go to work and take care of your whatever, you know? And so there's space there for these pockets of joy to kind mm-hmm. of come up, but you can really miss them if you're not intentional. Yeah. Um, so I think as you slow down and you breathe and you take it one thing at a time, it opens up your capacity a little bit more to engage in those joyful things as they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can just encourage you, you know, you just like collect these little treasures of joy and they like sustain you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might reset the next day, but you know, yeah. they happen again. They're, I they're, like that. God is not in short supply. <laughs> collect your treasures of joy. That's yes. good. That <laughs> makes it sound so whimsical. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, as we kind of start to wrap up, as you've been on this process of therapy and growth and learning, what are some ways that you practically tend to your heart, mind, body, and spirit? Yes. I'm big on practicality. I love it. (laughs) We are too. We'd like to leave our listeners with something very practical and tangible that they can hang on to. Yes. So my, one of my big things is journaling. My mom Mm. um, introduced me to that years ago. And I kind of go back and forth. I fall off the bandwagon, but um, I just journal my prayers. It's like my conversation to God. And it's been such a blessing to me because I can also, I'll go back and like, mm. look back at like where I was and I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you totally came through. And, and so it really is like, I encourage everybody, even if you're not a writer, like I don't consider myself a writer, but um, just journal, just be honest with him. And like, that's where I'm just like, I'll pour it all out. I ask him my questions. I tell him I'm struggling. I'm doubting. I'm whatever. And, um, I mean, that's really like what the Psalms are too, you know, like, so that's kind of like my little Psalms for myself. Um, and I always tell my students, you don't have to write complete sentences on this assignment. So (laughs) I give you full permission, listeners. You don't have to write complete sentences. It can be bullet points. Totally fine. That works just as good. God knows. (laughs) No one's going to be checking your grammar. Just get it down on paper. (laughs) 100%. Um, Yeah. So journaling is the biggest one. Um, There were a couple, there were two books in particular that like I soaked up and loved um, when I was kind of coming out of my grief a little bit and I found Mm -hmm. my footing a little bit more. I needed some okay, let's like, I have the capacity to kind of engage in something and, and intake information and ideas. And um, my therapist had recommended his favorite book, which is called The Alchemist. And it's by um, Paolo 
Coelho, I think is how you yes, say that name. That's a good one. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. good. And it's short. So it's really accessible. Um, and it's very like to the point. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nonfiction. Um, right? Nonfiction's not real. <laughs> right? I always get it. It's fiction. Stuff. It's fiction. fiction. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, so it's it's fiction. Um, it's a novel. And like I recommend everybody read it. It's not a Christian book, really, but it it deals with um it deals with just the life journey and the human experience and how God meets us and the way that things weave in and out and the purpose mm. of how and why things happen. It was like exactly what I needed. It's like my favorite book. I love that book. Yeah. Um, the other one that I really love, my friend recommended to me, is called Heinz Feet on High Places. Okay. It's an older book. Um, but there's a version on Amazon that you can get that they re, they redid it or republished it, but it's, it has these really beautiful, like watercolor, um, imagery. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a bigger book and it's just got this beautiful watercolor art through it, but it's a very similar story. This one is a Christian book. Um, and it's about this woman's um, relationship with God and battling her fears and anxieties. And um, it's very, it's a very different kind of book. Um, the way that they kind of name their characters, it's very literal. So she has like a cousin named fear and a cousin mm. named bitterness and okay. she's running away from her family. And like, God is a shepherd and he's like, he's bringing her along this journey of growth. And so it's basically just the the story of like, what it is to walk with Christ in your life and um, getting to that place of deeply knowing him so intimately. And so that was a really beautiful book as well. Mm. Um, I also love podcasts. So I like took a year long journey. Of course I listen to the collect podcast, Um, but I took a year long (laughs) journey of like the Enneagram that totally fed my soul and helped mm-hmm. me so much, especially coming out of such heartbreak. It was like, okay, where, where did I go wrong? You know, what did mm-hmm. I, what was my contribution to this? Because I'm not perfect. And yeah. so learning the Enneagram, of course, I would have loved to have learned it like 10 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better late than never though. Yeah. Um, and the, there's two podcasts that I love. There's one called Do It For The Gram, which is like such a clever name. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's by this guy. His name's Milton Stewart. He's like an Enneagram coach. And I love his stuff because it's very brief. His podcasts are maybe only like 30 minutes. So it's mm. like very to the point. Um, and he's, he's does a good job of explaining a lot of the different aspects of the Enneagram. And then one of my favorite ones was the Enne of Summer series by yeah. This Sounds Fun by Annie F. Downs, I think is her mm-hmm. name. Yes. Yeah. I listened to some of those. She's great. Yes. She's so fun. I mean, <laughs> she she's is. seven. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that one was really great. And it like, if you're just getting into the Enneagram or even just if you like are obsessed with it go and listen to there. She did two summers, 2019 and I think 2020. Um, but the 2019 series was the one I listened to and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is me. So I really loved her. Um, and then like, as far as like my body, I hate exercising, but I love mountain biking. That's been like Mm. my thing. Um, I never thought I would be like a biker. I'm not an adrenaline junkie or anything. Again, peacemaker. (laughs) (laughs) I am a peacemaker through and through. But um, mountain biking has just been so fun for me. Um, And then my favorite thing to do that just feeds my soul. Unfortunately, it's seasonal. 
But um, as I just do summer night drives like down in the country, mm-hmm. um, thankfully I'm like, I mean, I'm right outside Charlotte. So I'm like 20 minutes from the city and then I can be 20 minutes from like middle of nowhere countryside. And so um, on the nights when I don't have my son with me, I'll just go and take drives and you can see the stars like they're mm-hmm. like diamonds. It's so beautiful. And then when I get heat lightning in the summer, I'm like, oh, okay. Jesus just it's like I'm like I feel like I just need to be loved on by Jesus I'm gonna go take a night drive and I just go do that by myself I tell my friend I'm like I'm going in the middle of nowhere here's my location (laughs) (laughs) I do it safely um but yeah I have like a little spot and I just go down and I'm like every single time like that's Mm -hmm. where like Jesus meets me and it's just like my my favorite place that's beautiful yeah that is He's so, so good. good. I love him. So oh, he's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just love that I get to have bi-weekly conversations with people just talking about yes. how great <laughs> Jesus is. Doesn't get better than that. I know. Um, so as we wrap up, what are any final thoughts you have? Any words of wisdom, anything you feel like you missed, anything that is just being laid on you in this instant. I don't know. Any, here's some space for you (laughs) you. to say anything you need to. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think just really driving home the idea of just like holding the tension, you Mm. know, like I've had so much disappointment in my life, um, but it does not define, you know, who I am Mm -hmm. or even really an entire season of my life. Like even, even in 2018, one of the most heartbreaking seasons, heartbreaking years ever that I ever experienced, I like treasure that year because Mm -hmm. God met me so intimately. And like, I have such nostalgia, which is so weird, but I have such nostalgia because God just showed up so perfectly. He met me through all of it. And Mm -hmm. although like, yeah, fears and anxieties and sadness, nobody wants to (laughs) engage in that. Nobody like if given the option between like a happy, joyful path or a sad, depressing, heartbreaking path, you're not going to choose the heartbreaking path, (laughs) you know? Right. Right. Which, um, you know, and that's for a reason I'm going to say, because Mm -hmm. like God is so good. I mean, he's, he's, present in all of it right but I think mm-hmm. when we are so let down we we have no other space to go to except to him you know and like yeah. he's just faithful to meet us there and so yeah holding this tension between like it, it's possible to have like shattered heartbreak while also like my soul has just known like there's still so mm-hmm. much hope and beauty that lies ahead And so being able, I've had to learn and it's been a discipline of learning, like, how do I hold those two things? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think sometimes the the tendency is to amp up the happiness and like shove down the sadness and like pretend it doesn't exist. And it's like, no, this, and I kind of have, I've had this image in my head lately of like a stage and like all of these emotions kind of in the audience and on stage and the past handful of years, sadness and sorrow and grief have been in the spotlight. You know, Mm -hmm. they they really have been there, 
but joy and happiness and gratitude and they, they're there. We're all in the room together, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? Sorrow and grief, you, you've had your spotlight moment. So time for you to go sit in the audience and like joy and happiness time for you to have, you know, and there's going to be like a rotation and that's just kind of the way that life is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is possible. You can have that capacity, but mm. it, it is a process, you know, and to just be gentle with the process. I mean, mm. I, there were days where I'm like, I don't want to be in the process. I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> I just want to go back to sleep and pretend that like everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like I'm annoyed or I'm hurting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, and with every path forward and every hurdle I overcome, like it does get easier. You know, it's not so tiring to mm, be yeah. in that process and face my emotions and hold these seemingly contradictory things together. Um, yeah. it, it's gotten easier as I've moved forward. Um, but yeah, the one day at a time, I mean, I'm like, that is like my anchor. I'm like, yeah, there are still, there are still weeks where I'm like, okay, one day at a time, I can't handle, I can't look at everything all mm. at once. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. that is good. Desiree, thank you so much. This yeah. was a great conversation. Thanks you for are just having me. You fount of wisdom <laughs> and I'm just so blown away by the work that God has done in your life. And me too. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful that you shared it with yes. our listeners and with me. Um, and so we're going to wrap up. We're not going to really have an outro um, today because usually, you know, T and I would do our banter, but <laughs> we're figuring out a new system. So we um, we'll just wrap this up. So listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, we'll have links to all the places where you can find Desiree. And please, if this episode touched you in any way, share it, review, like, subscribe, do all the things that helps get this message out to more people. And it's just the message of God's goodness and the way He meets us in our brokenness and helps us hold the tension. And that is a message that everybody needs. Even if you know it, we all need the reminder every single day. Um, so we really appreciate you helping us get the word out about the show. So thank you, Desiree, and thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, giveaways, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.